Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Alright. Your normal mind can imagine. I'm gonna die here. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Fucking dead bastard. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Fetish of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good. A little, uh, little sore. Did a bunch of leaf pickup today. You don't get a blower? Oh, I got a, it's a blower slash, like, mulcher thing. But it just took a long-ass time. And you know what? They weren't even our fucking leaves. You did your like, leaves already... and then the next-door neighbor, their leaves came over? Like trees from like four houses down that still had their shit on them, like you know, blew and just ended up into our fucking yard. That sucks. Yeah, I did leaves a couple weeks ago, and you can't even tell. I gotta go do that tomorrow. Whack. Yeah. Yeah. Almost done. <laughs> fucking leaves. <laughs> Responsibilities. Being a grown up, huh? Yeah. I didn't sign up for that. I I didn't sign up for a lot of things. It just. You get volunteered. Yeah. So, anywho, Scream from 1996. There's yes, no segue the be- there. <laughs> the beginning, our season two. Yes. Season two. Electric and Boogaloo. Was, and this was actually a fan picked. Yeah. Thank you, Dan the Man, for suggesting this one. It went through the Pole gauntlet came out the victor. Yeah, it was between this and Saw. Yeah, which is also a great movie. All the uh, suggestions were great movies. I tried to make a few suggestions, but they didn't stick. No. It's fine. This is our show. They're going to fucking be movies that we do. It's true. But I was actually pretty happy. Once I started watching this movie, I was very happy that it got chosen just because it's just a fun-ass time. I hadn't seen it. In a long-ass time, actually. And watching it again, like, there's so much shit that you forget about. And it's like, oh, damn. Yeah, I caught a lot of stuff that I haven't, I hadn't caught the first time, first few times that I had seen it. Most deaf. So, uh, I want to just get right into it. A little bit of... This is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I'm a little hungry. So, of course, to start a recipe for disaster, or for Scream, there wasn't a lot to go on in this movie. No, nobody ate anything, really. Not at all. There's one amazing scene. We'll talk about the scene a little later on, um, but some ice cream. So I wanted to do something involving ice cream, obviously. Fuck. (laughs) So I made a fun drink called The Ghost Face with some vanilla ice cream. But first, what you have to do before you start the drink, you have to get your old school Jiffy Pop. Put that on the (laughs) oven. Start that up. So that starts going. And then what you're going to do is you're going to melt a little bit of vanilla ice cream, 
I did about two small scoops. Once that's melted, mix it in with a little bit of cream. And depending on what you have available, I had some good moonshine. So I mixed that in. And a drop of blood, just for fuck's sake. Because why not? Yeah, why not? It's Ghostface. And here it is. Oh, I am going to have to say this is not my own blood. I mean, it's not someone else's blood. That's disgusting. (laughs) For, For Halloween, the kids got these little packets of fake blood and i'm not gonna let the kids play with fake blood because that would just mean i have to clean up fake blood so i figured i'd use it somehow and i'm gonna drink a little bit of it it's just corn syrup so cheers cheers bro that's surprisingly good no oh wow (laughs) it's a little bit i can honestly say i don't think i've ever had moonshine yeah vodka works uh almost as not almost as well but vodka could be a substitute uh depending on who made your moonshine it could either be very harsh or very smooth. This is dangerously smooth, and it was delicious. And the ice cream, I mean, it, it's too sweet for me. I probably wouldn't have another, but it's good. It's all that matters. Hell yeah. Okay. Spoilers so, ahead. Scream, the smash hit that transformed the horror genre into a phenomenon. Scream also launched the careers of some of today's brightest stars. After a series of mysterious deaths, an offbeat group of friends get caught up in a lively mix of thrills and chills. With hot stars Drew Barrymore of Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels, really? You, you mentioned Drew Barrymore in Charlie's Angels as the go-to. <laughs> I mean, she's been in so much shit. You could be like E.T., Firestarter, 51st Dates. Like, there were, she has filmography. Uh, Charlie's Angels, not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just surprised. Courtney Cox from TV's Friends. Of course, you go there. Nev Campbell, 54. Yeah, you did. See, I think this is a the DVD version. Maybe this is an updated one, you know what I mean? So it's not like when the movie first came out. Skeet Ulrich from As Good As It Gets. And David Arquette from Beautiful Girls. Now you can experience this edge-of-your-seat thriller like you never had before with the Dimension Collector series on DVD. (laughs) Well, okay. I had a lot of fun with it. I love watching this movie. My wife was a little disappointed that we chose it because she called it... I feel like she's turned into a horror snob because she basically called this the basic bitch of horror. I can see that, but... On my rewatch, I have to say that it's very nuanced. Oh, God, yes. Uh, It's like one of those times you just grab your glass of bourbon, cigar. No, it's not that nuanced. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not be coy. But it is a great movie, and it it was pivotal in the slasher uh, history, the history of slasher movies. And it kind of brought back the resurgence of said Subgenre. Yeah. Movies. Scream, 1996. Did you see it in the theaters? Yes, I did. I did as well, and I was pleasantly surprised. I I was having the time of my life. I don't remember who I was with. I remember I was on a date. I was, what, 15 years old? And this movie was just the perfect movie for me to see as a 15-year-old. So, this one, the screen, the... The title scene comes 
basically right away. So we it's basically just the black background with the white lettering. Siren, title screen. scream, phone ringing. Yeah, phone rings. We meet Casey Becker, Drew Barrymore. Phone keeps ringing. Nope, it's the wrong number. And the guy says, uh, I forget what the actual like thing he said was, but you know, Drew Barrymore was like, you know, they have 900 numbers for that. <laughs> so he, he, he definitely said something fucking weird. So he's making the jiffy pop. Calls again. Why don't you want to talk to me? Now I notice on the counter she has um, two VHS tapes. I don't remember what the second one was, but I know the first one was Halloween. The second one was Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice. Well then. Yeah. Uh, she's getting ready to watch... She says she's getting ready to watch a scary movie. Well, what's your favorite scary movie? Now, this could have gone a completely different way if she was watching something like How to Lose a Guy in 10, 10 Days. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite rom-com? Yeah. I mean, she's she's keeping this guy on the phone for a long time for this dude being like a stranger. Now, this is before you know, social media, so this is kind of like the old school social media. You just, like, dial a random number and talk. That was never a thing. Yeah. Never a thing. Yeah. No, but apparently, uh, I think we talked about this before, but caller ID went up, like, three times, like, after this movie came out. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, so she's getting getting a little nervous. The dude's, like, asking about her boyfriend, uh, keeps calling back. Now, the popcorn He's big, is getting... he plays football, and he'll kick your ass! <laughs> And the popcorn, like, as the scene is going on, it goes for, like, 12 minutes, I think. The popcorn just keeps progressively getting bigger and bigger and bigger as we get closer to the payoff. Where so, it bursts into flames and starts a kitchen fire. I know. He's threatening her boyfriend. This is where she's like, he's big, he plays football, he'll kick the shit out of you. And so he kn- And he knows, like, his name is Steve, and he's tied up to a chair in the backyard. Yes. Now, he offers for her to play a game for his life so a little horror trivia he gives her a warm-up question you know who i called it a softball yes you know what's the name of the killer in halloween she gets that now the real question who's the killer in friday the 13th talk about a trick question it's i mean he didn't specify because by that point there had been you know all the sequels and everything i uh, i call i call bullshit why I don't know. Pamela Voorhees was the killer in this Friday the 13th. Is true. I mean, now you could be like, well, do you mean Friday the 13th for 1980 or do you mean Friday the 13th for 2009? Because there were multiple killers in that one. Well, I still think he should have specified. He wanted you know, to we, kill we talk... people, not to fucking oh, have fine. them. What, what would happen if she won at trivia that night? He unties Steve and like everyone ends up happy and they all eat Jiffy Pop and watch... Children of the Corn Part 2? No one the wants that. Would, the movie would have been like 17 minutes. Oh, God. All right, so she gets it wrong. She says, Jason, obviously it's Pamela. Bye-bye, Steve. He gives her one more question. What door am I at? Chair through the door. Casey grabs a knife, like runs outside, phone still in her hand. And this is where we see Ghostface for the first time. Now, a car is coming down the road, which is Casey's parents. And they're coming up the driveway. She gets chased down and stabbed in the chest. Now he's fighting her off. And the parents are like right there. And there's like nothing she can do about it. And they go inside and see this whole big mess. Casey pulls off the mask. 
Yeah. Yeah, she uh, unmasks Casey... him. We don't she... get to see it, but she sees. Right. Parents are panicking inside the house as she's being dragged away and find her hanging by a tree outside. Now, this scene was horribly cut up. You could say it was slashed <laughs> to get an R rating from the, the MPAA because they were going to go for an NC-17. So the reason that it's sped up the way it is is because they had so many frames that they had to cut until they got the okay. Right. The, the and actually, um, Drew Barrymore was actually supposed to play Sydney. Well, she was cast as Sydney, and she actually preferred to play K- Casey because she wanted to show the audience that anything could really happen. Right, because she was the top-billed actress in the movie. She's on all the posters predominantly. And you go see the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, it's a Drew Barrymore movie. Oh, my God, she's already dead. And uh, she basically just, she's like, oh, yeah, work for five days. I don't even have to wear shoes. This is awesome. Yeah, and probably got a good paycheck out of it. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it did pay off well having that happen right at the beginning because you're like, well, what the fuck? Anything can happen now. Yeah. We moved to Sydney Prescott's room, played by Nev Campbell, while she's doing homework on her super boxy computer that we all used to have at home. She had her Windows boyf- 1. <laughs> Windows 1. Uh, her, her boyfriend, Billy Loomis, climbs through the window a la Nightmare on Elm Street like Johnny Depp did. Through, yeah, definitely um, a mirroring of that scene. There are a few scenes like that. Um, love the callbacks. That There's um, a ton. There's not not only Wes Craven did, but obviously Kevin Williamson, the writer of the script. I mean, we have Billy Loomis named after... Who do you think he's named after? Well, he's named after probably a couple people. Yeah, look at you, Mr. Know-it-all. Well, Dr. Well, Samuel Loomis or the shady boyfriend, Sam Loomis from Psycho. Yes. So she screams... Because you know, he scared the shit out of her. Her dad comes knocking. He goes and hides somewhere. And they go through this whole thing about how he was watching The Exorcist and he thought of her. Which, that's fun, I guess. So I thought of this girl masturbating with a crucifix. I thought of you, babe. Well, actually, he said all the good stuff was cut out because it was on TV. I don't right. know, man. It's like he's like setting up an alibi. He's like placing where he is at certain times. Mm. Yeah. He's relating it to their relationship, saying it starts out with a solid R rating, but now they're just edited for television. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got the good Don't Fear the Reaper emo mix by Gus Black in the background, setting the mood. She gives him a good PG-13 off-camera flash. Well, that was another, that was a callback to Halloween right there. What, the titty flash? No, the Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're making out on the bed. And of course, he gets shut down. Billy's leaving. I'm not trying to rush you. Yeah. Would you settle for a PG-13 relationship? It would have been funny if, like, she flashed him and he fell off the ladder or something. <laughs> <laughs> like Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Woodboro High School. News crews are everywhere. People just kind of looking around, confused. This is where we see Tatum, Rose McGowan, who's filling Sydney in on the details. You know, it's even worse than... Well, well, you know, it, it's it's bad. Hmm. Now, I don't, I can't remember if this was where we saw like the uh, the row of reporters where we we had a quick uh, Linda Blair sighting. Yeah, she's actually uh, she has two quick cameos in this. Nice. Yeah. So Sydney gets called to the Speaking principal's of office. The Exorcist. Yes, Sydney gets called to the principal's office for questioning by Deputy Dewey and Sheriff Burke. Mm, excuse me, it's Deputy Riley. Okay, well, it's Deputy Dewey. Douche. 
no respect for your authority figures. Yeah, he's, an, he's a man of the law when he has that badge on. That's all right. I had to keep myself from calling him Doofy. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, kept, I kept going back to that movie. But yeah, so they bring it up again. They're like, oh, yeah, so Sydney's coming in, daughter of... <clears throat> so obviously they slowly bringing up the fact that a year ago, her mom was brutally murdered. Right. They make an announcement about a curfew, which sounds all, all so familiar right now. Remember, your principal loves you. Coolest <laughs> principal in the world. Principal Fawns. So now, their group of friends is all, they're all hanging out at, at this fountain. So we have Billy, Sid, Tatum. Now we meet Randy and Stuart. So, um, yeah, Jamie Kennedy and Matthew Willard. Tatum argues with Stuart that this could be, you know, a female could do this. And no you could visi- girl could have killed him. <laughs> you, you, visibly, you visibly see that Stuart's getting kind of annoyed. He's like, there's no way. There's, there's no way that, you know, they could do what this guy did. And it's all like he's he's given a lot of tells and like too much info. Also, a big tell in the scene is the only two characters in this movie to wear black boots. Well, I mean, technically, you, the killer wears the black boots. But you have two... right other characters in this scene wearing black boots and the other possible suspect is wearing bright ass green shoes yes so sydney feels kind of uncomfortable and she just leaves live her alone (laughs) (laughs) uh she gets off the bus she goes home she has a really gorgeous house nice view on that house was insane what does her dad do? They never state what he does, but like that's what I, I want to do. All these kids have these giant fucking houses. Yeah, but th- her view is just insane. Can you imagine? Like she has like two porches. She gets onto like the normal porch. There's a grill, and then she like walks up to a second porch. It's I, like a giant deck. Oh my god, that view! No kidding. Uh, so she's on the phone talking with uh, Tatum on the phone. Says it feels like deja vu. She turns on the TV. It's just news, 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 news. And stops on Gail Weathers. Courtney Cox. Dredging shit up. Talking about Sydney's mother who was raped and murdered. They go show some family photos while she goes to take a nap. The phone rings. Tatum calls. Then rings again. Hello, Sydney. Our friend is back. And she thinks it's Randy being a douche. Because, of course, Randy is a douche. He is, but he's a hilarious douche. Mm Mm-hmm. Goes with this whole thing about why scary movies are stupid. She still keeps him on the phone. He says he's near her house. She goes outside looking for him. Starts like picking her nose. You know, can you see me? Can you see this? She goes totally to hang up. Hates on horror movies right there. It's always some blonde bimbo running up the stairs doing this. Blah 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 blah. blah. Right. Uh, goes to hang up. If you hang up on me, you'll die like your mother. Ouch. She just goes fuck you. So he ends up in the house, he attacks her, she can't get out the front door, lodges the closet door, but she goes back upstairs, she get, um, she lodges like the closet door in front of her bedroom door, so it like jams, she calls 911 from her computer, which apparently you could do that back then. You, you can do that now. Well, yeah, now, but that was like almost 25 years ago. So anyway, Ghostface is a clumsy motherfucker, isn't he? Really bad! Like, he just, like, falls over everything. When he gets hit like, with the phone, I would like to say that was Wes Craven playing Ghostface. Ah, I didn't, um, I didn't read that one. Yeah, he really got hit in the face. That's funny. Ah. So, yeah, so she, you know, she calls 911. Billy shows up at the window. 
he's got this like psycho look on his face and she thinks it was him runs away opens the door where deputy dewey is holding a mask and scream and she screams and, and they he also billy. gets startled i know yeah so they arrest billy tatum pulls up with the red beetle yes that's another throwback yep here comes gail weathers trying to get tatum to speak but she blows her off tells her came in to move his fat tub of lard ass now yeah, so we're at the police station. Sid's talking to, you know, Dewey, who has a dunks bag and a bunch of toys on his desk. I did notice that the donkey's bag was there. Yeah. Sheriff is interrogating Billy. Says he went to Sydney's house and his lawyer looks pretty pissed. Basically telling him to, like, shut the fuck up. I um, thought that was his dad. Co- was it his dad? I think so. Oh, he looked like a lawyer. Well, I think maybe his dad is a lawyer. That's, you know, there's a bunch of rich kids. Anyway, they uh, they say that the mask can be bought at any five and dime. It's actually from the company Fun World. It was originally called the Peanut-Eyed Ghost or Father Death. And you could really buy them anywhere. Not to backtrack, but I thought his father was cotton. No. Because that was the whole... I thought... The, the, never mind. Okay, so anyway... To, anyway. So his mom was banging... Oh, no, his dad was banging... Sydney's mom, who was also banging Cotton Weary, who was played by Leave Schreiber. Okay, maybe that was yeah. Maybe so, that's where I was fucked up. Can you believe they had him in this movie for like one second? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess Sydney's mom was just kind of a kind of a slutty milf. She had it going on. So yeah, Dewey shows off the costume, the father death co- death costume that's basically sold in every store, and Tatum kind of embarrasses him. Saying, what did mom say? When I wear this bad, you treat me like a man of the law. Yeah, she does not treat him like a man of the law. <laughs> no. He doesn't really act like a man of the she, law. She either. goes, the janitor's your superior. <laughs> uh, they sneak out the back door. Gail comes running. And Sydney asks her how her book's doing. And then she says, oh, you know, I'll send you a copy. Right hook to the jaw. Bam, bitch goes down. Sid, super bitch. I'll send you a copy. Bam. Bitch went down. Oh, God. So she's staying at Tatum's house right now. Dewey gives her an ice pack for, like, her face. She gets another phone call at her friend's house from Mr. Ghostface again. Was it not Billy? Wrong guy again. So she hangs up. Next day, news reports about the night before. uh, Was Tatum's mom, or so Tatum and Dewey's mom, was that the mom from Gremlins? Looked like it. I think it was. Yeah, say the... News reports about the night before. Dewey says Billy's phone bill was clean. And they show up at the school and gets an onslaught of reporters. One of them being Linda Blair. And this is when we hear Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. This movie did have a pretty good soundtrack. Yeah, that's a great song. Marco Beltrami did the score. Very well done. And Tatum is also wearing her number 10 shirt, just like Johnny Depp did in Nightmare on Elm Street. Not only is it number 10, but it's kind of a crop top, which also was the same shirt that right. Johnny Depp had. Right. Sydney goes to, tell, goes to Gail to talk, and Gail thinks that Cotton is innocent, calling it a frame job. Sydney still refuses to believe it and thinks that the, the new murders are related, and she's determined to prove his innocence. Very noble. Yes. A noble cash grab. In the school hallway, uh, we have Tatum and Stu, who, you know, they're together, and Sydney are at their lockers. 
and this kid just like runs down the hallway in the ghost face costume. What a dick. And Sydney's pissed, and Stuart's just like, are you kidding me? This is like Christmas. <laughs> Which is ironic, because it came out five days before Christmas. It's true. December 20th, um, 1996. Now, Stu and Sid run into Billy. Who still has black fingerprints. Like, he just got fingerprinted, and like, you're like, all right, you can leave. Go right to school. Well, like, he, he you didn't, didn't wash, wash your hands? his hands. Uh, see, this is something we've learned in 2020. You must always wash your hands. Yes. Tells him the guy called again, but Billy was obviously in jail, so she's upset, and Billy just kind of blows it off and tells her she needs to get over her mother after a year. Just get over it. Get over it and fuck me, bitch. Just a douche. And now we have the principal has two kids in his office, the ones who dressed up as uh, Ghostface, they get expelled. Henry now, Winkler. Principal Hembry. Wicked cool. Now, Sydney hits, Sydney hits the bathroom. Here's two girls saying that she made this whole thing up and that maybe even she did it. Maybe yeah. she's a slut, just like her mom. Yeah, they totally slut-shamed her. Teen suicide is out this year. Homicide is in. Where do you get this stuff? Ricky Lake. Thinking she, like, hears stuff. She's, like, checking underneath the stalls. And you see two black boots step down from the toilet. And the awesome costume drop. Like that yeah, was the cool. costume drop, and comes out and attacks her. Now, could I just say that she's in this bathroom, right? And to get away from the murder, she slides across the floor. I would rather get killed than slide across that dirty fucking high school bathroom floor. Fuck that, just stab me, please. <sighs> Dewey shows up at the school. Gail stops him and asks how things are going. You know, how's the shiner? She definitely... Uh, Definitely starts hitting on him right here. Yeah, there's a lot of just, flirting going on right yeah. here. I'm 25 years old, man. And I then, was 24 for a whole year. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, shucks, Dewey. Uh, Principal now makes an announcement that school is suspended indefinitely. Dun, 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 dun. School's <laughs> out. Cause there's murders. She, uh, yeah, so she definitely keeps flirting. And he goes, if you don't mind me saying, you're much more pretty much prettier in person so you do watch the show so tatum and sid are leaving the school and Stuart joins and tells them that he's having a party an impromptu party at Stu's. yes which will be forever known as scene 118 it took 21 days to shoot the third act of this movie right well they were only shooting obviously they could only shoot like for a certain number of hours they called it the longest was it the the longest like scene in horror history or something like that i forget what they called it they had t-shirts made after that's it was what it wrapped was. it said i survived scene 118 that's right so we go we're in the principal's office now he's trying the mask on and makes this face in the mirror scares himself he gets scared of his own reflection and then does the cool fonzie hair brush move <laughs> so we hear knock knock on the door nothing you hear knocking again nothing no one anywhere. Devil shits. Don't you call me? Not you, Fred. <laughs> that was the best cameo in history. That was great. Wes Craven playing the janitor Fred with the hat and the sweater. Awesome. And then uh, Fonz he... goes back into the office. He's got a fucking picture of a piranha on his wall. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. He's going into the closet, and if you check the closet, his Fonzie jacket is in there, too. Yes, it is. Start to hear some stressy music. 
shuts the door, and there's Ghostface. Gives him the stabby stab. Kills the him. Stabby stab. Jesus. <laughs> and, and there was a cool cool shot there where you could see Ghostface, um, the mask, like, in his eye. Yeah, that was that cool. Was pre- that was pretty cool. So we're back at Sid's. Now we hear Alice Cooper, school's out, talking to Tatum, trying to discredit Gail's cheating story. I think Tatum is starting to try and maybe change Sydney's mind here. So Sydney says, well, if, if I'm wrong about Cotton, then he could still be out there. And this was a fun, this was a funny line by Tatum where she's like, you're starting to sound like some Wes Carpenter movie. <laughs> she also brings up the Richard Gere gerbil story. Yeah, is she an does. old urban legend, much like the Alanis Morissette passing out on stage and her stomach had to be pumped because there was a gallon of semen. Was that ever proven or was that just an urban legend? That was an urban legend. Obviously, that's not real. Do you know a gallon, bro? That's a lot. Hey, yeah, I guess so. But it was fun to think about. <laughs> oh, sorry, Alanis. Hey, you know. You ought to know. <laughs> so. I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one's milking a gallon. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Latest Morissette sues the boys from Bands of the Dead for defamation of character. Hey, oh, you dated Dave Coulier, not me. Cut it out. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So we're going to go to the video store where Randy works. Because of course and he does. I don't know if it, it must have been like a Friday night or something because it's packed. There's a bunch of people. Dude, it, they just canceled school. Yeah. It doesn't have I'm to be a Friday night. It could be any night. School's canceled. Yeah, uh, still, I don't think it would be that busy midweek. Anyway, so, place is packed, and uh, Randy says they've had a run on the mass murder section. Uh, Stuart comes to visit to get him to come to the party. Now they bring up Billy, and Randy's basically selling him, he's got this kill, he's got killer written all over him. And this is where he starts kind of breaking down that fourth wall. Stuart goes, why, you know, why would he want to kill his own girlfriend? There's a thousand and, reasons to kill your own girlfriend. This is standard stuff. Simplicity. Stuart, yeah, and Stuart thinks it's the father, and Randy says, everyone is a suspect. Dad's a red herring. It's not the father, it's Billy. There's Billy, right behind you. In the horror section. And so, he kind of, they go through this back and forth, and he goes, you're telling me that's not a killer? Great shout out by the girl asking about a movie, she goes... Um, what's that werewolf movie with E.T.'s mom? Wicked That was cool. funny. Obviously, that would be The Howling. Yes. So the town is shutting down for curfew. Dewey is with Tatum and Sydney. Well, he goes into the station, tells them not to go far, and then they go to the supermarket and discuss her sexual anorexia. Yeah. Hey, her words, not mine. No, I know. I know. It's just, it was an awkward conversation to have in the Tutti Frutti section. Of your local convenience store. Yes. The Dewey meets with the sheriff holding an ice cream cone. Now, this scene was awesome because you got, like, the sheriff and the deputy talking. And you see the old guy smoking a cigarette. Dewey's asking him, I thought you quit. He's like, yeah, I did. So he's cranking a butt while Dewey's sitting there licking his ice cream cone. They're just, like, the parallel of that was was very good. Very genius. 
Yeah. That's why we melted ice cream and drank moonshine earlier. <laughs> so he tells Dewey, keep an eye out for the father. Stay close to Sid. Now, Gail is following Dewey. Well, they who's... mentioned to keep an eye out for the, fo- the father because all the calls have been traced to the father's phone. Right. So Gail's following Dewey, who's dropping the girls off at Stewart's. So a police officer is dropping kids off to a house party for underage drinking. Yeah, and we get Bird Brain, Youth of America, which is an awesome fucking song. Yes. And we have, there's tons of people at this party. We have Stuart in his red silk jacket, or whatever the hell it was made of. It was a pretty cool jacket. Yeah. If you like that sort of thing, I guess. Anyway, so Dewey catches Gale trying to check out the party. They both talk each other into they're both gonna go now going through the movies they have all jamie lee curtis movies prom night terror train uh they end up watching halloween yeah she was quite the scream queen someone comments on her set of lungs yes doorbell rings there's dewey starts teasing the kids about the drinking he's like ah don't worry about it just have fun yeah just cutting it loose uh tatum's pissed sydney asks if they found her father says no should i be worried Drop Dead Gorgeous by Republica. Drops right here. Yep. That's a uh, long forgotten group right there. No kidding. Great sound. Yeah, so Tate. Yes. So Tatum goes to the garage, grabs more beers, door shuts behind her, a bunch of tools fall down, a cat kind of screeches, which I've still never heard a cat make that noise. But We're, we're not skipping over garage nips, are we? Oh, no, I haven't got to that yet. Okay, sorry. But apparently we are now, because holy shit, garage nips. Yeah, so obviously uh, turkeys were done. Rose McGowan uh, was wearing a very nice shirt. And the horror website, An Arrow in the Head, chose Rose McGowan as number eight on top ten boobs in horror movies. And she didn't even go topless. Actually, there were none in this movie. But that scene was very memorable. Yes, it was. The door's locked now. The lights go out. She opens the garage door. Doesn't go all the way up. Goes back down. And then there's Ghostface again. Is that you, Randy? You want to play Psycho Killer? Please don't kill me. I want to be in the sequel. (laughs) What is this? I spit on your garage? (laughs) Cuts her arm. Fights with her. Hits him in the face with a freezer door, and he just kind of falls like a ton of bricks. Yeah, like I said, clumsy. But she also calls him Mr. Ghostface. Yeah. Cut it, Casper. Tries to climb out the uh, the doggy door, mm. and let's let, you know kind of see where that goes. And uh, yeah, she uh, doesn't quite make it out. Great death. But I do have to say that garage doors did not work like that. No. She would not have been killed by the garage door. But do you notice how the killer unlocks the door and enters the house? Yep. Mm. I did notice that. Inside job. So, kids are, like, a bunch of kids are leaving. Billy comes out of nowhere, like he tends to always do. Um, wants to talk to Sid alone. Let's go and, upstairs uh, and talk. What's fucking Leatherface yeah. doing here? <laughs> uh, now, the camera guy has a feed in the in the van... Gail gets in. Now, Billy and Sid are talking on the bed. So. A little bit of pillow talk. They kind of blame each other. Like, blame themselves, I should say. 
and starts to realize maybe she didn't realize who her mom was. Maybe she'll, maybe she's going to turn out just like her. And Billy says, it's all one great big movie and you can't pick the genre. Why can't it be a good Meg Ryan movie? What would your genre be? Uh, I would say slapstick comedy. Yeah, probably. I mean, good, it's not horror. I mean, yeah, you love to watch a horror movie, but you don't want to be in a horror movie. No. No, definitely not. Or a good porno. Well, once the kids are in bed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. See, it's like my slapstick comedy is Porky's. Always good. I do like Porky's Revenge, too. Have you seen Porky's 3? Don't. (laughs) So, they finally do the deed... Got her over that hump. Oh. <laughs> uh, Randy and a bunch of kids are, watch- are now watching Halloween. Now, let's explain the rules. Now, first of all, the kid goes, why did they do that? The blood, it's too red. There's no blood in Halloween. But I get the reference of, you know, blood not being the correct color. They right. do that, uh, like, way too much. Because, obviously, people's vision of blood is not what blood really looks like yes and the rules drum roll please the saddest fucking drum roll i've ever heard in my life i'm gonna have to put in a sample there now there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie for instance number one you can never have sex damn it big no no Big no-no. Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. It's the sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Wait, hold on a second. I'm going to go over a beer. You want one? Uh, Yeah, yeah, please. I'll be right back. Now, so those are the rules that they give. Obviously, Scream is known for the rules. Two other rules were brought up in the first scene. Uh, What was it? Uh, Don't ask who's there and never check out mysterious noises. Yes. Which is stupid because if there's a mysterious noise, you shouldn't just be like, hey, what the fuck was that? Oh, well, I'm watching Jeopardy. And then I believe, like, somebody, I, I forget, like, I'm almost immediately after, like, he went through this whole thing, like, somebody just said, I'll be right back. Um, I believe there's a, a website that breaks down all the rules that they break continuously in the movie. For instance, Nev Campbell just had sex. As is explained later. I guess. All right. So where were we? Okay, so we got through the rules. Gail's headed back to the house. Oh, Gail. Ha, ah, she's the one. Tells her, what's his name? The camera guy. I'll be right back. Mm. So, so she, she's walking with, with Deputy Dewey, and he's all being romantic, and he's like, hey, see that constellation there? What's the name of that? She's like, I don't know. What is it? I don't know. That's why I was asking you. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, so more people are leaving the house. Billy and Sid are in the middle of the nasty. The nasty? Randy break... Who the fuck the calls it the nasty? Uh, they were bumping uglies. <laughs> and doing the horizontal mumbo. <laughs> they were fucking. Just say they were fucking, okay? 
All right, fine. So anyway, so Randy, Randy's breaking more of that fourth wall again. Talks about um, the obligatory tit shot, which they go straight to Sid, which it wasn't a tit shot. It was still she had a bra on. Billy's shoulder was blocking our view. True. Of the shot. Uh, the phone rings. And now they're made aware that Principal Himbry is dead. The kids cheer, and then they just bail. Yeah, so they left to go see his body because it was supposedly hung up on the goalpost at the school. Now, Principal Himbry only died in this movie because there wasn't a death for too long for the producers of the movie. Right. So they added that in, which also gave Kevin Williamson... A great go-to of why so many kids just leave the party all of a sudden. So everything worked out. It was very copietic. Copacetic. Copacetic. Copietic? What the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, so yeah, the kids all leave. Camera's still, uh, still rolling in the van. Randy sits back down to watch his movie. Gail and Dewey are still walking, and he says the town doesn't take him seriously. All, you know... They're walking down the road. All the kids just like tear ass. Yeah, they're all down like, the fucking road. Like doing the wicked witch fucking song. No shit. Uh, they jump off the road, end up on each other, and start making out. Then Gail finds Sydney's father's card. Off in a ditch. And they run back. Sydney and Billy are done. Ask Billy who his one phone call was. He says, "Oh, I called my dad." No, but the sheriff called your dad. So now she's trying to catch him, and Billy's getting pissed. Well, he says, you know, when I, when I called him, he didn't answer. So Ghostface shows up, stabs Billy, attacks Sydney, and she locks him. I believe she, like, locked him in the room. She went out the window. Yeah, and he's just, he's falling all over the place. He's, like you said, he's just a clumsy fuck. I think you could tell when Stu is Ghostface, you know what I mean? I know. <laughs> goes up to the yeah goes up to the was it like an attic or was it just maybe just the floor below the attic she climbs out the window Ghostface catches up and she falls off onto something a boat well, yeah it was a boat I, th- I thought it was a boat but I'm on a boat motherfucker and this is uh, she finds Tatum hanging in the garage door and then we go back to Randy, who's still watching Halloween. And this was fun. I love Little... this scene. He's all like, look behind you. Look behind Jamie. you. As the killer is behind him. So cool. Yeah. And they're watching the delay in the van. And he's saying the same shit. Behind you. Look behind you, kid. So it's like this whole like fucking different generational gap of look behind right. you, motherfucker. Now, the cameraman's sleeping with a bag of Tostitos on his chest. And, uh... Sydney runs into the van, realizes he's on a tape delay. He gets his throat slit. Sydney gets cut in the arm, crawls out the back of the van, like through all this equipment. And instead of like, instead of like Ghostface, like waiting, like at the back of the van, like outside, he just follows her under all that shit, I guess. Yep. Dewey and Gail show up at the house. Dewey runs in to check out the house. Uh, Gail goes to the van. She can't find Kenny. She sees the blood on the ground, picks up her brick of a cell phone. Randy pops up, and she just smashes him over the head with it. Yeah, that's gonna hurt. No kidding. Uh, she turns on the windshield wiper blades. There's just blood smeared everywhere. Kenny's on the roof, like, falls down, like, onto the windshield. 
Yeah, she tries calling 911. She tries bouncing. She's trying to get the fuck out of there. And then, uh, you know, crashes. Almost runs over Sid. I mean, this this whole like sequence of her trying to leave is just a giant dumpster fire. But I like it because it shows you what like might actually happen. Like, you can be in the theater. You can be at your home or, you know, in the safety of wherever. And you're watching a movie yelling at the people for doing dumb things. Right. But if you're in these situations, you know... You might panic, and you might actually do some dumb shit. So I, I do like when dumb shit happens in these movies. No, I get it. I, I, I do get it. Sid gets back to the house, and Dewey has a knife in his back now. Ouch. She runs into Dewey's Jeep or whatever, uh, locks all the doors, there's no keys. She hears the radio, calls for help. And Ghostface sneaks up and attacks. Randy runs up and asks for help. Sid thinks it's him. Stuart runs up saying it was Randy. Randy saying it's Stuart. It's a fucking disaster. And she just shuts the door on both Fuck of them. Fuck you both. Smart. Now, Billy, that was a smart move. I mean, sorry, Randy, but yeah. No, sh- yeah. Billy comes crawling out of the bedroom. And instead of like carefully walking down the stairs, he, he just kind of falls down the fall. stairs. Yeah, I feel like that probably would have hurt him, like himself more than just possibly carefully going down the stairs but you know i mean he's probably in shock yeah give me the gun he opens billy opens the door lets randy in and uh billy quotes psychos we all go mad we all go a little mad sometimes stewart comes from the other side they reveal that billy and stewart are both ghostface yeah and they have the little voice changer mechanism which changes their voice into Roger L. Jackson, who provides yes. the voice for The Voice. That's why you can't download any of these apps that say it's a Scream voice changer, because there is no Scream voice changer. It was a guy's voice. Yeah. I tried. I really tried. Yeah. Now, Billy explains that they did her a favor because... Did her, her mother a favor because she was a slutbag whore... And that she was no Sharon Stone. Um, She was the reason that his father left. And now, because Sydney's not a virgin, now she's got to die. Those are the rules. Yep. Even though these rules were just made up 20 minutes ago. (laughs) It's after midnight, so now it's the anniversary of her mother's murder. Stuart brings out Dad, and he's all taped up and tied up and whatnot. And they lay out this whole elaborate plan. Now we get to the stab-off. Yeah, but first, can we just say that they added this line into the movie pretty late, where uh, Stu goes, It's a scream, baby! There was a ton of ad-libbing in this movie. Yeah, so, well, this was an ad-lib. They actually put this in, because originally the title of this movie was Scary Movie, which the Weinsteins fucking hated. So Harvey's driving around with his brother, fucking couple of assholes, probably fucking driving some kind of rape van, and Michael Jackson's Scream comes on, and dude's just like, yeah, we're going to change that movie to Scream. No fucking reason other than that. So Wes Craven reluctantly changed the title to Scream, which ended up working out. Obviously, scary movie. Now they get to call their all their, what was it, like 10 of them? The scary uh, there, was at least, there was at least five or six. But there's five times in this movie where they say scary movie. But they added in, it's a scream, baby, because of that. (laughs) They get to the stab off. He stabs Stuart, and then Stuart stabs Billy. 
All right, no, so they're stabbing each other so they look like victims. Right. Okay, just wanted to put that out there. Now it's Billy's turn, but Billy goes a little overboard this time. Gets him, gets him a little deep. He's like, stop it, all right? Yeah, got him woozy. Uh, he asks Stu to go get the gun. Another ad-lib line here. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. Gail gets the gun and lays out her own plan. Sydney likes that idea, but Billy just grabs the gun and basically kicks her out of the way. Works much better without the safety on. Yeah, this is why you don't lay out plans. You just fucking shoot and then tell your friends the plan. Yeah. This is how every Bond villain got killed. The phone rings. Sydney calls the, basically called the cops, and she's now got the, the voice box. Did you really call the police? My parents are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> Uh, another a ba- a ba- a, this whole almost like this whole scene was ad-libbed very good scene actually there was one th- when during like the fight where billy throws the phone and cracks him over the head yeah that was a complete and utter mistake that wasn't supposed to happen really so like he kept it because of stewart's reaction like you hit me with the phone man oh yeah because how real it was yeah yeah so they're walking around the house sydney gets the ghost face costume and stabs billy with the um, like the pointy end of like the umbrella yep now skeet ulrich has like he had like open heart surgery as a kid so he had like like wiring or something like in like inside of him and i guess if there's any pressure or anything like that like i guess it's like intense pain and she got him so whatever expression he made was real ouch I guess open heart surgery's uh, come a long way since then. No kidding. Sure. Stewart comes in and attacks. He says, I always had a thing for you, Sid. Not in your dreams. And then she shoves the TV onto his face. Yeah, he got TV'd. Not um, much of a chance for him showing up in Scream 5, even though he showed up in Scream 2 in the blurry background. Yeah. Randy pops up. He's still alive and very happy to be a virgin. <laughs> He's oh, careful. This is where the killer comes back. Billy kind of sits up. Pop. Right in the head. Her dad falls out of the closet. Police, medics show up. And Gail gives her a breaking story as, you know, the camera pans off into the view. End movie. Yeah, uh, that that ending was like, boom, 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 boom. So much shit happening. Dewey was supposed to be dead. That's why they, a couple times they show him and he looks pretty dead. I don't know if it was like a like a pre-screening or something like that where everybody just loved the characters. So yeah, they f- that's basically what it was. Yeah, and he decided to film like that second second ending with him and just made him alive. Made him alive. <laughs> He's alive. I really enjoyed that movie. Good, good fucking time. I this brought back so many, just that whole era, like that. The mid '90s, just like that look, that feel, just just brings you right back. I the love slasher it. Slasher revival, and that's like when like soundtracks really started to pop off. Like everyone wanted to be on the the horror movie soundtrack. Right. So, how many brains? Ah man, I'm gonna go. Fuck it, I'm going five brains. brains. I have to. This everything about this movie is so fun for me. The way the way that you were going about it, I was like, wow, this is getting a bad rating. Yeah, no, this, this, I just, it's nostalgic. 
it's funny it's like like you said it just it brought back the whole the whole slasher genre okay well so five brains from you and three brains from brains. What a dick i'm sorry man <laughs> i i've got my system and it doesn't matter what the movie did it's just you go into it fresh and that's how i go with my system three brains, brains. fine whatever uh, so we got a little bit of fan feedback Ooh. on this because I wanted to know what people's thoughts were on Scream. So Frazier on Twitter said, awesome movies, the Scream franchise, The uh, basically he was saying that's the only franchise that he can watch any single one of them and be very happy. And I think that's a lot. Of, I mean, there are only four to this point. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I've only seen part two and part three once. I've seen the first one multiple times. I've seen Scream 4, I think, at least twice now. I really like part four. But part two and three... I, mean, I would it, have it, to revisit those. I mean, it's all about preference, really, though. Obviously. These are I just mean, opinions. Right. But, I mean, like this, this franchise could be, to him, like, you know, the... Friday the 13th franchises to me where, you know, a lot of people shit on say Jason X because like it's dudes in space. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. It is, but like I watch it and it's fun and it's like, I smile through the whole thing because and Cronenberg gets murdered. Right. There's dudes getting corkscrewed and like fucking liquid nitrogen and, uber jason and like it's fun it's fun to me a lot of people say it sucks and whatever it's you know what everyone has their thing at the end of the day if you had a good time and it was fun that's enough i agree horror babe of the month melissa george so former roller skating champion and model yes notably she was in 30 days of night yeah she played kathy lutz in the amityville horror remake she was in Mulholland Drive, which was a sexy fever dream, as you know most David Lynch films are. Yeah, I never, I never saw that. Uh, you uh, mu- put that on your list, dude. Uh, that was good. Um, not so much a, a horror movie as I don't know, a fucking thriller, mystery, David Lynch movie. Let's just say it is a David Lynch movie, and that's enough. She was in uh, Derailed, which also had Jennifer Aniston, Exhibit. And the motherfucking RZA. That was a crazy movie. Yeah. She was in Teristas, which I definitely recommend. She was in W Delta Z. Just a few episodes of Grey's Anatomy, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, if we're going TV, she was in uh, the TV movie Bag of Bones, the Stephen King movie, directed by Mick Garris. Yes. That was a good one. She's uh, in Triangle, A Lonely Place to Die. Yeah. A lot of a lot of stuff. Absolutely gorgeous. Agreed. Australian too. Are you looking up Wikipedia right now? No. What are you looking down at? It's IMDB. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we're gonna pretty much wrap it up there. Check us out on Podomatic, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever the fuck you want to listen to us, we're on iTunes. Check us out. Um, yeah, we're also on Facebook. 
We're on Instagram, Fans of the Dead One. Also at Fans of the Dead One on Twitter. Follow us and you know, give us some feedback. If you want to drop us a line, fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I do want to give a special shout out to our friends in France. Because apparently there's a lot of you. I guess so. So <laughs> what I would like to say is say muzi, fay attention. And to my American friends, have fun. Be safe. <laughs>